Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Going in Circles podcast. This is a special edition, the Florida Derby Preview. My name is Charles Simon. I am the host of the Going in Circles podcasts. You probably knew that. Uh, with me in just a minute are going to be our special uh, guest handicappers, Mr. Barry Spears, the co-host of the Big Monday Show. As always, he'll be here giving his opinions and uh, making some observations. And we're going to have... Uh, Jason Bidas, who is the currently sidelined Jose Lescano's jockey agent. Jason's a very, very sharp handicapper, very astute watcher of races, student of the game. And uh, we're not going to, like, give you ticket structure or, or any of that nonsense. That's for other people to do. We, we don't really have any interest in doing that uh, for whatever reason. But um, Plus, we don't want to get Ken Rudolph pick, pissed off at us again. But... Um, you know, we're going to try to make some observations, make some points, take some stands, and uh, maybe, you know, something that you can glean in this uh, next however long this takes um, will help you in your handicapping tomorrow. Uh, we want to do, we want to, <laughs> we want to do, we want to thank our sponsors, BRL Equine and uh, Pleasant Acre Farms for allowing us to do things like this. Um, if you need any information, please contact uh, goingincirclespodcast.com and uh, ask any questions. If you have any questions, observations, comments, you want to criticize, you want to knock us, you want to praise us, goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com. All right, we'll be back in just a minute with both Jason and Barry. Mr. Spears. Mr. Simon. Good to talk to you here on uh, Florida Derby Eve, waiting for Mr. Bidas to log on. JB, New York's connect- finest. <laughs> Had a little connection issue. <laughs> As usual, we have some technical difficulties. It's not a new thing, but... Uh, we make it work, man. We make it work. I, I don't let, uh, excuse me, uh, I, I don't get to uh, bring Casey with me everywhere. Jason, are you there? Yeah, I'm in. Oh! We did it. We actually did it. Hey, but, you're uh, good. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you who's not doing it, my Pistons right now. <laughs> well, it's Tank City for the Pistons. Yeah, and unfortunately, that, we were hanging in there for a while. With the, uh, they may not be Mets. tanking quite as bad as the Magic. or the Magic is the tank. They're the super tank. How about Houston? The Rockets are in the full tank <laughs> mode, like oil tankers go over there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me on this uh, Friday night to, to go over the, the marathon card tomorrow. Is that what that is? It's a it's a marathon card. They got rid of the Breeders' Cup marathon, but they added the Gulfstream Park Championship meet marathons. I'm down. I'm down. Well, to- tomorrow's a little bit like the Olympics if you start with Dubai at 7:30. Man, that's this it's crazy. And, and you know I'm all in on that. Yeah, my dad uh, called me and he he was reading the the newsletter, you know, it sent out yesterday. Basically going over to Florida Derby and a couple other things and he's like are you going to put one out for the Dubai races? <laughs> like, Dubai I'm, what? <laughs> Wait, I'm not, what? I'm not Hermes's, uh, you know, selection service. <laughs> uh, I could have I hooked that up for you easily. 
Uh, well, you know, I'll give you my dad's number. You text him some some picks. He'll be up at seven thirty, firing away probably. No picks, no picks. Just don't play the American horses. That's that's really what that where that goes. Throw them out. Well, I actually, I actually have a major, major, major play on a card, and I'm going to give it out early. All right, all right. Well, and that's, early. And that's the Shima Classic, a mare from Japan who's a superstar is coming over to race, and her name's Chrono Genesis. Okay. Uh, I think we might get somewhat of a price because, surprisingly, Mishrif went in this race over the Dubai Cup which is very strange to me. I can't really figure out why. People are telling me he can't run that far on the dirt, which doesn't really make much sense because right, he'd probably, exactly. be, the favorite. He he'd probably yeah. be the favorite in the race. If he I would say, uh, did you watch the last race? <laughs> and to boot, I mean, I think the Dubai Cup is an easier race. And much easier. For more money. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, this mayor, Chrono Genesis, she's like the heir to the throne of Almini, who was, okay. you know, something really special and actually won this race. And uh, I think you might uh, you might see a real star tomorrow. Okay. Duly what, noted. What, what's the approximate Eastern post time of that race? The approximate Eastern post time is... 9.35. Uh, that's I'm, I'm guessing that's not no true. no 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 i thought it was serious. <laughs> i was like no 12 o'clock it's the race before the dubai cup which is at 12 50 so about 12 10 approximately eastern daylight time okay so it, it's it's a doable yeah, yeah no it's, it's an appetizer I mean, it's yeah an they're gonna appetizer. run they're gonna have run a couple races at Gulfstream by then <laughs> at least <laughs> one right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, hey. um, they kick off the card tomorrow, race number one, uh, with a maiden special on the turf, and uh, I get that uh, a lot of people are are saving their best stock for Keeneland and and Churchill and uh, and New York soon, but this is a particularly weak maiden race for for Gulfstream Park um just going through it the the only horse that had run and, and has run credibly um is uh is the Pletcher horse the um Shaftesbury and I mean Shaftesbury is no star but he he might be like four to five in this this spot right yeah not three to one that's for sure <laughs> well, he was second to Annex, who runs later in the card in a stake, and uh, he'll probably be one of the favorites. I think that's the Cutler Bay or whatever that three-year-old grass race yeah. is. Yeah. So Shaftesbury is going to take a lot of money, I think, in this race. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just the the ones that have run really haven't done a whole lot of running, and and the ones, um, the first timers. Um, nobody's really been, you know, given a bunch of great workout reports uh, and or they're guys that don't usually strike first time out. Ian Wilkes is 4% first time out. Gargan 6%. Uh, you know, Brian Lynch is, is uh, and, and Cassie are both 13%, but they're both drawn outside. Um, I mean, Jay, do you think this is just a walk in the park for the six at a short price? Well, there's one first or check that I'm very interested in, and that's the 11th. War Bomber, 
who uh, is a, a half-brother, actually a full brother, to Lancaster Bomber. I'm sure you remember he was second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf in you know, 2016, yeah. and he was a grade one winner on the he, you know, we won the Tattersall's Gold Cup. And he's also a half-brother to a really good miler that you'll both remember named Acceleration, who was like, uh-huh. you know, was a top-class, you know, three-time grade one winner at the mile distance. He was fourth in the in the uh, mile, uh, I forget what, I think it was 2014 to watch. So War Bomber is from an exceptional mare line, brood mare line, and he's by Warfront, who we all know is, you know, top class on grass. So this is a horse, Chuck, that I'm going to look at. I'm not going to really, you know, go by you know, what the clockers are saying. I'm just going to go uh, as a pedigree play. It's a tough post and it's a tough goal first time out. But just on the breeding alone, what the mare has dropped, I definitely have to give this horse a look. Uh, Barry, what do you got to say about this race? Um, actually, I, I like the horse inside of Shaftesbury, uh, Cherie DeVoe's horse, Fortified. I got, um, I, I called Cherie about that horse. And you gonna buy it? Uh, no. Oh, dang. She said the horse is okay, just really looking more for a, a distance race than a sprint. And, uh, you know, I, I said, why turf? And basically, it was. You know, nothing else. No, nothing else really <laughs> fills. So, yeah. um, she didn't seem all that enthused about that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, because I originally, I mean, I it's just one of those kind of races where, like you said, the the horses that have run. Eh. I so, said, I said to her, you know, you, you originally had um, had sent the horse to Oaklawn, and obviously, you know, there's no turf at Oaklawn, <laughs> so, you know, it's not like uh, this was a, a, a turf play right from the start, and she doesn't, hasn't a working horse in the turf either, so, but th- this is really a soft group, I mean, it's an exceptionally soft group for Super both. soft. And, um, the only other horse, uh, I mean, I know Mott strikes a little bit more than he, than he used to the first-timers, uh, was the two Colton's command, um, just a uh, Based on he might get a decent trip uh, drawing inside of, of some of the horses that might be, you know, they might wind up leaving from the outside some of these first timers and, and setting a decent pace. But um, it, it was kind of a tough race. It's, it's a tough race to just kick off the pick five because you're either going to have to take a short price on the Pletcher horse or you're going to have to kind of take a stab. Yeah, I, I would figure the um, the connections are going to get bet. Like, you know, Mott's going to get bet. Pletcher obviously is going to get bet. Um, so that's, that's why I was kind of looking somewhere else. Um, you know, the 11 definitely is very interesting knowing what we know now. And even the 10 doesn't really ring all that bad. A $300,000 purchase OBS March. Yeah. Um, into mischief, you know, they run. Exactly. He's like, when in doubt, bet <laughs> into mischief, they probably win. What do you, uh, you know, it's funny that that race was a little bit, you know, Jay came up with a good pedigree angle and obviously there's a big favorite in the race. And, but this next race, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not being a snob because, I mean, I'll bet a 62-5 climber. It's not, it, if I can come up with a winner, you can come up with a winner. But this race is just baffling to me. Like, <laughs> I, I can't, like, even decide really who, who's going to be the favorite. 
who the hell is going to go to the lead? That's that's really my thing. <laughs> and then we can work back from there. I know A. Capote has, has some speed, but... Yeah, I would, get, I mean, I would guess A. Capote. I, yeah, I would guess A. Capote. Two, two starts back, Candy Crushing was, was, was actually really good. Mm-hmm. And... The horse has just been horrible since. Horrible since then. I mean, just, just like dreadfully bad. Now drops to the bottom. I don't know if it's it's going to be a wake up call again. But I mean, this is a, a really suspect group of sixty two five. I, I was surprised to see that they put this card uh, or this race on this card. It, it didn't. Uh, you know, you, usually you don't see these kind of races on, on uh, cards like this, but, um, yeah, this kind of, this, crush what, is, this double might pick you. This, this crush <laughs> might pick five dreams. This race. <laughs> this, this double could pay huge. <laughs> if you got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you can get Dude. on the right horse, anybody can win either one of these races. I'll tell you one thing. Don't look for me after this race cashing, because I like, I'm with you, Chuck. I have no idea. And, uh, I just don't even know why this race. I mean, I know it's a big in the pick five, but do they really have to run this race on this card? Yeah, they needed the fourteen. <laughs> this is this is race fourteen. Yeah, I mean, they could have put it after the Florida Derby, right? There might there might be. Yeah, yeah you know, it could have been after the Florida Derby, and it would have been like one of those races from Peru where nobody knows nothing. You know? and the guy, the jockeys There's all sixteen have like seven, horses. Guys have like six names. But, um, yeah. All right, moving on to the Sanibel Island. And, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm like, um, I look at races and, and, and I like, it bothers me when they name them after stupid things. And there's two on today's card. <laughs> like, Sanibel Isle, I guess they named it after the actual island because I, I don't know what connection it has to horse racing because I looked up and there was two Sanibel Isle horses. And they were they were both horrible. They both never won. awful. One was a Capote that Lucas trained. It was zero for two, and then there was another one that was by Island World. It was zero for twelve. So I don't exactly know why Sanibel Isle is being uh, you know celebrated here with a stake race. I think that was a good. I think it was a good pacer named Sanibel. It, it, there might have been, and maybe it's a cross. <laughs> um, I gotta be honest. This isn't exactly the the <laughs> fields either. Um, uh, they have uh, the, the the favorite. The morning line favorite is uh, number four World Tour, who's a maiden breaker. Um, about six weeks ago, uh, for Bill Mott Jr. Alvarado, who's you know who's worked fine since, but. Um, I mean the horse like on the thoroughbreds, the horse got an eleven. Right, so he's not even in single digits, and it, it just seems like a, a race that that's wide open. Yeah, I, I I thought the morning line was a little bit off here. I thought they would flip the two, the four and the five world tour with La Liberty, even though that horse is stretching out. Um, still thought he was he might be a little bit better. Well, I was thinking. I don't like either of them, to be honest with you. But you know, who, who I just thought like? the way the way the shook shook out. But I I I stopped at seven. I get it. Um, I had that horse in, in the Here Comes the Bride. Yeah, and he got a, a crazy, incredible, awful trip. Um, where uh, Vasquez went up the rail on the backside, 
got cut off, went around everybody, stopped again, then came on again. The horse seemed to be a lot better than his fourth place finish, she. Um, so I'm going to give her another shot, especially with a nice little work. Yeah, um, I, honestly, I thought she might be the favorite here, but... Uh, yeah, she might. I mean, it, it's definitely possible. But she she's changed hands since then. That was one of the worst DQs ever because Vasquez tried to shoot the rail going into the turn. Yeah, there was he no way to go. horse in a tough position. The, the angle to, to watch it was was bad. The stewards really, like, that. that's one of those you just don't, don't at that part of the race, you just don't, don't touch it down. Yeah. Uh, but, but Gary Barber, whose horse got disqualified in the race, has come back <laughs> and bought the horse. And he has left the horse with Ron Spatz for now. I'm assuming that, uh, the, you know, he'll probably make a change. It is a Maryland bred. He'll probably go north. There's not a whole lot stake-wise for, uh, you know, for three-year-olds. Um, at, in the summertime down here. But, um, you know, Jay, what, what, did, what, did, what was your take on this race? I, I mean, you know, staying on I get it. I think everyone saw the trip on this filly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was quite obvious. You know, Ray Charles probably saw it. But I think you're going to pay in price department for that. And I don't yeah. I don't necessarily think you're going to get fair value on her in this spot. And I just don't feel the Here Comes a Bride was a real good race chuck. I just, I mean, Cone Lima was second in there and, you know, she was second off the pace. She's a filly that needs to be, you know, basically up on the lead. You know, Joy appeared at, you know, 70 to 1. So I kind of lean toward World Tour, who in her debut to me was very professional. She had a good trip. She was between horses down the backside, and she worked her way to the leader. And the leader was basically you know, throughout. And she was able to go about her business professionally and, and, and run by. And I think that this filly definitely has some upside in a race that could be lacking. You know, there's a horse on the outside that was a horrible favorite. Her first start at Gulfstream after breaking her maiden. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's a Chris Clement horse. And it was like only a matter of time until... The horse was going to wind up on the grass. But, like, Jay, what do you think about that horse's chances trying to turf for the first time in, in a race that doesn't seem like um, – I'm guessing that um, Mark Cassie's horse coming out of the sprints will, will be on the lead. Though there's been a lot of races at Gulfstream Park this year with horses coming out of races, the five furlong races, that don't go to the lead, which, is, you know, is always, of course, baffling. But – um you know, what do you, what do you think about that one? I mean, I, I wanted to look up, hit the Wolves pedigree and, you know, see if something's there. And there wasn't a whole lot, Chuck. I mean, the damn Christie's treasure. Oh, sorry, Christie's ready. Uh, she was a minor stakes placing on the grass. I think this is her first foal. The second dam, there wasn't a whole lot there. And, you know, it's interesting, Chuck, because they actually entered this Philly second time out. Broker Maiden, uh, she was main track only that day. So I don't really know if they were ever looking for the grass, even though you would think on pedigree, maybe she was more t tilted toward it. And uh, this is another thing, Chuck. Never look at the comments that they put on the right side of the forum. 
I mean, it says chased inside in there, inch clear. You watched the replay of this Philly that day. She was completely shuffled out of it down the backside. Joel, a horse that got some slop in her face and just backed up right into her. And, you know, she was able to overcome that and win. I mean, the line was a lot better than the comment was. And I don't know what happened to this filly last time, Chuck. She was terrible. She didn't run a jump. I mean, they gave her a little comment, you know, at the start that she was jostled. I mean, that was so so minor. And I just, I mean, what kind of trip is she going to pull from out there anyway, even if she was to take to the grass? And this barn is not really having a tremendous meet. No, uh, I, I just, I was just kind of searching for something in here uh, because it, it just seems like, a, um, I mean, it, it feels a whole lot more like an Ayla then than it does um, a stake race. And I mean, the one horse, Pletcher's horse, Ran a decent, you know, ran, ran well last time, but it was against starter horses. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michael Matz's horse ran okay, breaking his maiden, and then he hasn't raced since the Preakness undercard. Um, you know, I, I just, like, I, I'm not a huge fan of betting those Cassie horses stretching out. Uh, so, I don't know. It was it was a tough race to me. I, I didn't really see anything that, uh, you know, you might be right with World Tour. My, my, she might just be you know, a filly that's ready to, uh, you know, to graduate. Uh, she's already won around two turns and, and, you know, I just, I, I guess the price would be, would be the, the big Yeah, deal. I think she's well spotted. Like you said, this is more like an A other van than it is, a, you know, a true stake race. And I mean, you're just dealing with some cheaper commodities, Colworth Park. You got to realize she broke her maiden for 25, three back. I yeah. mean, she's, you know, she's come along. Obviously she was able to win a starter. But I mean, she was like what four to one in the start. Yeah, that's what I noticed too. No, I hear. Um, you know, there's, there's like I said, there's not a lot of pace in that race, and I, I can just see like a bunch of them running down the backside, and three horses get bad trips, and somebody sneaks up the rail. Uh, all right, boys, let's go to the fourth, the Sand Springs. Jay, who trained Sand Springs? Sand Springs, that's a good question. I think originally was Tony, Tony Ryan Stedler, yeah. and then she was sold to Bill Mott. Was it? Was it? Yeah, that, that I, right? I, I, I thought Tony Ryan Stedler yeah. trained her. Uh, Tony Ryan Stedler had her to begin her career, and she was a very fast filly. I remember she was a runoff when Bill Mott got. She would just open up in her races, and she would keep going. But I think you're she right. Was, yeah. She was way better than Sanibel Island, that's for sure. <laughs> well, at least, yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe not the pacer. The pacer actually probably was better. Yeah. Um, uh, Jay, what did you think about this race? It, it, it's a mile and a 16th. It's a listed stake, um, 100,000. It was kind of a, you know, to me, it looked like kind of a, an interesting race because you have some horses that are uh, making their, their, four-year-old debut their older horse debut a couple horses off layoffs um you know what's your what's your take on here well a mare that i you know quite fond of because we've ridden her a bunch of times and she just always shows up and she's such a you know an honest mare a hard trying mare is the three sweet by and by who's actually uh interestingly enough a pennsylvania bred you know bred by joan Beasy. 
And uh, they, you know, they've done a good job spotting this mare, Chuck. She's making, she's almost, you know, she's getting close to half a million dollars now, which is pretty amazing. But uh, I think she definitely needed her last race. She put in a good effort against, you know, Zofel, who's one of, you know, the better mares in this division currently. And I also know for a fact that this filly relishes firm ground. And I've been watching the races at Goldstream you know, a little closer this week, and the turf is very firm. I guess you guys haven't had much rain down there, and they're rocking and rolling around there, and that type of ground is going to definitely move this mare up, and I look for a big effort from Sweet By and By. I should get a real good trip here. Uh, what do you think, Barry? What, what's your take on this race? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same trip because uh, a horse like Zofelli would be two to five in this spot. Um, so, you know, and, and she didn't really lose anything in defeat there. Um, she's definitely the most logical horse. I thought the one was kind of interesting, um, but no surprises here. I, I, I thought that the, the three probably looks like the best horse to me anyway. What, what do you think about the six horse? Where's she been? <laughs> uh, no, she she kind of didn't run very well the last time out in the, the Queen Elizabeth Cup uh, at Keeneland, but she was pretty good last year. And she Absolutely, may wind up on the lonely lead here. If that happens, it's a it, it's going to be tough to uh, run her I down. I mean, let's face it we we have <laughs> the 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 biggest elephant in the room here is that. Uh, uh, Jose is on the speed horse, and Irad is on the, the second, probably second fastest horse. And, I mean, this is a problem that, that seems to crop up a lot um, on a daily basis with people, at, at the very least on in the Twitter world, you know, insinuating this and, that <laughs> and the other thing. But, I mean, this is a case where, uh, like, isn't Sweet Melina going to be right to the lead here? Yeah, probably, probably. You would you, think, yeah, fresh off the think. layoff. I mean, she does her best running on the engine. And, uh, you know, probably that final eighth race at Keeneland Chuck, she just, I don't think she wants to go that far. I don't think she wants any part of that distance. And, you know, like you said, if she makes a, a, a cush lead here, you know, she's dangerous. She's, you know, she's dangerous. But I, I don't see her being four to one. I mean, she only ran three times last year. And, uh, like, on Thoroughgraph, she ran a seven as a two-year-old in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, uh, and she ran two sevens in the Lake George and the Wonder again. Well, the Wonder that's... again, Chuck, was a gifted race because that was on rock-hard turf yes. when they opened a quarter in 24. So, I mean, yeah, if she gets away with a 24, then we she might, could very that, well that's, be that's good night, Irene. Yeah. That, that she, she's already pretty much as fast as these fillies, and, and she should be better. So that was just my thought on her. Um, you know, the only the, the long shot I, I kind of looked at was a guy who's just having a, a miserable meet. Uh, yeah, Keneally, huh? that, that was the only horse I thought maybe he'll sneak in there at, at, at a price. Um, another horse that's been off a long layoff making a, her four year old debut. Um, I mean, she's a pretty she's a consistent horse. She's six or seven on the board. Uh, her only race that she didn't hit the board was a race where uh, she really didn't get the greatest of rides and uh, in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf that um, uh, Sweet Molina came out of uh, back in 2019. 
But um, I guess she could show yeah. some speed too, Chuck. She she'll probably be forward. Yeah, yeah. You know, top three going into the first turn. Yeah, yeah. And and Keneally's got pretty good numbers off the off the layoff. He's he's pretty good with with horses coming back off layoffs. So I mean, I know he's been terrible at this meet, but uh, oh, I have oh for forty two. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Very right. I think that horse <laughs> is going to be ten twelve to one on here. So. If that's the case, you gotta you gotta take a shot. I don't care how you know, how cold was, the barn is. If that horse is ten ten to one plus, you gotta you gotta one, go. One thing about that race shot. and the conditions of the race to me are just absurd. That the weights uh, are are what they are. The 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 weights I noticed are, that, are, are listed as conditions. Right, weight one twenty four. Non winners of a graded stake on turf since September first allowed two point pounds. Okay, it's it's almost April. And and that's a stake race on the turf since June first, so you are penalizing horses that won ten months ago, which which just seems um, it just seems I, I just don't know why you're penalizing horses that ran in straight three year old races last June against older horses in at the end of March. Um, it just seems like. There's a better way of, of weighting either uh, equal weights or or handicaps, but this you know or, or have the races a little more recency where it's the last ninety days or something. But it just seems like if a horse won a race in June, why would they be giving full, you know pound weights of horses that that uh, you know uh, it just was uh, yeah strange and, and it's strangely not written race. Well, look at the field that you got. I mean. The, the field that that's showing up for this race is indicative of the conditions uh, very much. So, I mean, you know, with that said, that would mean pretty much sweet Melania would be the class, <laughs> which she is. Um, but off the layoff, there's a lot of question marks there and, you know, reliability is another. Does anyone, um, does anyone think that sweet race. Melania is the actual betting favorite? I think she might be. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, they're going to bet connections all day tomorrow. Well, we didn't mention one horse, and that's probably the winner, Feel Glorious. Two, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I thought her Honey Fox was real good. I mean, she you know she blasted home the last quarter to God Stormy and Zolto. You know, Zolto, we were talking about God Stormy. She's not chopped liver either. And, uh, you know, she probably needed that race off a layoff. The only worry I have, boys, is that this mare – is much better on a turf with giving it. Although she did she did run well last time mm. on a firmer ground. But this hard ground and the pace scenario I don't think is going to favor her here. Yeah. Uh, unless Dave Spears doesn't come home tonight and, and turns on the hose on, oh, on, boy. The, on the course, uh, yeah, we're, we're probably going to see a, uh, a firm, a firm firm tomorrow. Yeah. It should be a firm firm. Firm firm. All right, moving on to the race uh, the, the I thought was one of the most interesting races on the card. The the Sure Shackleton, which is a seven furlong race, four and up, uh, $100,000 listed. It was a race, I believe, that um, Vacoma won last year, kicking off his long three-race campaign. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was so long. Oh, sorry, Vacoma. It was but, productive, um, but it was productive. It was productive. It was brief, but productive. That was very good. That's a good word. Um, 
it's kind of an interesting race because it, a it's seven furlong races and these seven furlong sprints always seem to be uh, a little more interesting than six furlongs because you get you usually get a couple of horses cutting back in distance uh in this race there's only one but um you have some horses shipping in from tampa um there's a horse that's uh, second off a claim you have a uh, um, a rider from Penn National ship who wins 33% of the time shipping in to start riding down here. Uh, we have a Pletcher off the layoff, which seems like every race there's a Pletcher off the layoff. Um, and a couple Safi Josephs. Uh, Jay, where do you want to start here? Uh, well, let's start with the field could be reduced very quickly if, you know, haunted by the music and, uh, there's another horse. They're both uh, chivalry. They're cross-centered at Tampa Bay on Sunday in those uh, Florida bred races. So if they elect to go there, uh, this is going to be down to six quick. I mean, I just thought in my mind, there's a horse in this race that basically lays over the field, albeit off a layoff, and that's the seven basin. I mean, Chuck, this horse is a sprinter. I mean, it's clear cut. They tried the derby route with him. And you know what? He was a solid second in the Arkansas Derby, you know, getting put up for the win after a positive test on Charlatan. I mean, the bluegrass just, you know, was, you know, went awry. They brought him back in the Amsterdam. He ran a bang up second at Yorpon, splitting actually Yorpon and Premier Star, who are both running in the uh, Golden Shaheen tomorrow in Dubai. So, that you know, those are two quality three-year-olds from last year who, you know, should be, you know, rock-solid four-year-olds this year. And I just I just thought the rest of the field was, you know, just cheap, Chuck. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, Basin is a quality horse, and he's been keeping good company. Um, he is off a layoff, and it is seven-eighths. Um, and, you know, surprisingly for a race like this, there's not a whole lot of speed. And if the two and three do come out, and honestly – both of them probably fit better in the in the race at Tampa because neither of them really look like they rated a shot in here. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of speed. You you think Basin, you know, Mike Pletcher might try to change tactics and and send those? I mean, I don't know if he'll necessarily send. He's well posted outside, so you know, Jose Ortiz has options. He can look inside. I, you know, he should be sharp off the layoff, and uh, you know, he can probably pull any type of trip that he wants i mean he should be able to run this field you know over pretty pretty you know easily. i mean i think it's a good prep and a stepping stone for you know a possible good year ahead yeah yeah he, he might be i mean it doesn't seem like it's a stellar year for sprinters uh, i mean last year certainly wasn't a stellar year for sprinters uh, the uh you know sorry mocat but uh you know whitmore's uh Eclipse Award winning campaign wasn't exactly the uh, thing of beauty. Uh, it was kind of a war of attrition. Um, what do you think about uh, the horse on the rail off the claim? Second off the claim. Got a lot of Yo, speed yeah, out of yeah. that. And yeah, um, just a hard knocking kind of horse that, that's going to show up. Whether uh, he wins or not is another story. Um, Basin is a, is a horse that I perennially will bet against every time. Um, it just makes no sense for this horse to be in this race. 
You don't think he's just trying to kick this off and then run him into Carter or something like that? Well, I've seen Pletcher with this move uh, quite a bit, you know, and it never works out. <laughs> Might run well or run halfway decent, but I, I can't rely on that horse to win this race. It just, it, it you know, it's one of those too good to be true scenarios. Um, even if those other two horses come out, I'm still not too fond of this one in this spot. Um, Who do you like here? I actually like the outside really? horse, Count Classic. Because that horse has no business being in this race either. And I, I think that that horse might end up being just a horse that'll get a good trip and get a good shot at the at the lead coming, you know, coming home. This is a really tough a book, race for me. To if be I was honest. a bookmaker, we know what I would do. I would put up um, a, 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 a line, Frosted Grace versus Town Class, to see who would run <laughs> seconds, considering the Town Classics at 27 out of 40. <laughs> Frosted Grace times. Uh, 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 nine out of 22, including seven for 15 at Gulfstream second. And last year, with the 10 starts with six seconds and three thirds or two thirds. Man, Two six wins like, at the distance. Those are got to be the, the, right. It's like, why, why are you even here? Kind of thing to train those or own those horses. <laughs> when I mean, the horse has got 48 lifetime starts, he's got 28 know. seconds and thirds. Right, but you look at those two horses. Look at the seven and the eight. It's like, how did these two the horses end up right. here? I think Town Classic was an insurance right. policy of haunted, uh, haunted by the music and chivalry <laughs> scratch. Yeah, that's how that's, well, that's how he wound up here. They said, Southie, uh, can you do us a favor? Yeah, now, like in the, he's not afraid to run. That's for sure. Um, it's just another sure. race where, where you're going to pletcher off a layoff kind of controls what's going to happen. I will say you had no, you had noted about the yeah. six, let me know on the cutback. And what I'm going to do here on my play is I'm going to use him for second and just hope that he can just suck up second. That's my play. A cold basin, let me know exactly. There you go. Cold. Cold. Okay. Ice cold. Jay Bidas number. All right, let's move on to the uh, the six, which is the Kitten's Joy Appleton. It's grade three, uh, $100,000. Um, this is a race, a lot of races, a lot of state races uh, on the A-level circuit, Keeneland, Churchill, Belmont, Saratoga, Gulfstream. You see turf races that have no speed, no speed, no speed. Uh, like Jake was talking about, you know, with the, the Pletcher horse in the Philly race, yeah, rock hard turf course gets to the lead 24 seconds. This race, on the other hand, easy seems to have a lot of speed. Um, there's going to be <laughs> a couple of horses that, that really want to be up close or, or real close or on the lead. Um, and Roger Adfield actually has two in the race. Uh, Grace Fable and Perfect Spidey, the the one and the two, and Grace Fable, who who's um, drawn the rail with Junior Alvarado, hasn't raced in, since September twentieth. Um, I mean, he almost looks like a rabbit in here. Hopefully, he, he shows 
he shows that's what I'm counting on. fraction sprinting on the turf. Um, you know, not five ace, seven ace at Woodbine, but uh, I mean, the morning line favorite is number three, Frostmore, who is a seven year old horse with 14 lifetime starts. Um, he, he's also trained by the uh, the hard luck Eddie Keneally. Um, yeah, and he had he, one start in you know, 2020. One start in 2020 was just <laughs> good. It, it was uh, against you know, option yes, 150,000 claiming. I think it was like a four the then or something like that. Um, and, and it was a really you know good start. But then he came back in the, uh, the tropical turf and um, he, he really he, he really didn't didn't race that well. I mean, he, he had no excuses that day. He just got outrun. Um, Jay, what do you think about about Frostmore coming back in this spot? I mean, it's a really uh, strange group of horses, Chuck. Uh, you have some horses in here, like you know, what what is Little Menace doing in this race? Yeah, <laughs> you know, when when I first looked at it, I I thought to myself, <laughs> is this horse main track only? Because like he switched hands, he might have a better he, shot than Sir Shackleton. That that's what I I thought. That I was like, man, this horse doesn't fit in this race at all. Um, I mean, he, he's never raced on the turf. He, he doesn't particularly have a, a tremendous amount of turf breeding. He hasn't shown up much lately. You know, they change circuits with the horse. And, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I get it. It's kind of a Here weird he, spot for, for this. It was just, really he just came out of the sale, actually, uh, at Keeneland. He was in that sale. And I remember he went for about, I think, like 140000 Yeah. And, and you know he's not particularly fast. Like even on the, the sheets, he's he's not you know like he's all right, but he, he's not real fast. But uh, surface surface you know, switch—that's the only thing you can think of. I mean, it's not his first start of the year, but he really didn't didn't show up in the, in the, at Oakland uh, opening week. I think it was where he, he just went to the back and, and never had any never had any any kick. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I mean. Jose Ortiz winds up on it, but I, I just drew a line through him. Um, you know, I, I was looking at Forever Mo. This looks like it's a, mm -hmm. uh, you know, going from 50 claimers to this spot looks looks like it's a, a tough spot to uh, to go back in the stake. The A horse, I, honestly, I did a little research on him because he did change hands. He's this was a Judmont horse, Bill Mott trained, mm -hmm. and he was only a sixty thousand um, dollar. Buy. He was only huh, sixty thousand dollars. So I know he's a gelding, but look at his form going into that sale. Um, sixty thousand seems. Well, he actually wasn't geld a gelding at that time, Chuck, because he was probably gelded after the purchase because he's first time right. gelding here. Yeah, right. Yes, he's a first time gelding. He's a five year old. So 60,000 is very questionable. It's a very sketchy yeah. price. <laughs> yeah, it made me think that maybe there was some issue with him physically because, um, you know, his last race was, was not great. His last two races, his last three races actually for, for him weren't that great. But 60 just seems like way too light coming out of a. Um, a a mixed sale, and he was uh, consigned, I believe, by Windstar. Um, so, you know, Judmont does a reduction sale every year. This was just um, uh, 
it just was surprising me when I when I looked it up and I saw sixty thousand. I, I was expecting to see one hundred fifty thousand, but they can get their money back right here. <laughs> I mean, if I told you two horses, you know, were in sales coming out of this race, and one went for one forty, and one went for sixty, you'd probably think that Little Menace went for the sixty, and Seismic Wave went for the one forty. Yeah, exactly. It's, it seems like it's a little bit backwards. I mean, I mean, as as Frost Morn goes, Chuck, I think you made a good point. The horse has fourteen starts and he's seven years old. You just don't really see that nowadays. No, you know, the horse probably needed his last race. I agree with you though. He had things his own way on the front end on a you know very firm turf like we'll see tomorrow. And also, Chuck, I mean, interesting of note, Ryan Comet and Casa Creed, those two horses, they came back in the Frank Kilroy at Santa Anita, and they were both up the track, six yeah, and seven. So, it did not I mean, I did nothing. I, look, they were in a tough race in California. This is not half as tough a race. But I really don't have any read whatsoever on Frostmore. And like you said, there appears to be some pacing here. So one would think, you know, he's not going to be on the front end, probably. He'll probably get a good trip, though. He'll probably, you know, pocket up, you know, maybe behind that field horses or, you know, whoever else wants to show some early interest. But, I mean, this is just a really, really hard race for me to read. Yeah, it, it's a tough race. You know, it, it's a, they got horses coming from all over the place. Like, nobody's coming back against the, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, and we, we don't know what the, the two – you know the two horses, the Atfield horses are going to do. I mean, um, mm, perfect fright actually had, probably had, getting ready for Canada. Yeah, I mean, it's frightening enough that they're going <laughs> to run for more money in allowance rates. It's a huge horses stay here. Um, what do you think about Ever Dangerous George Weaver's horse? That horse, you know, he, he kind of snuck in off the AEs in, in the Bryan Station at Keeneland that Breeders' Cup weekend, one of seventy-five to one. Could you see him doing something like that again? We're just kind of sitting in behind the speed, coming up the inside, and, and and knocking him off at a big price. I mean, he's got him seven to two, but I'm I, I don't like. I look at this race. I don't even know how to come up with a favorite here. I really don't. I, I... yeah, uh, Frostmore is going to be the favorite. I, I think that horse Ever Dangerous is probably going to be second choice, and that's the horse I actually like, and I like the other at field um, the two. Yeah, uh, perfectly spidey. But uh, the force, you know, at least on paper, looks like that horse yeah. might get the best. Trip. I wanted to like Ever Dangerous, and in his last race, he was wired by uh, a horse named yeah. Flying Scotsman. That was who, great. That it was, was a big, big, a big price that day, and he just uh, jumped out on the engine and was like the Energizer Bunny and kept Flying, running. <laughs> Flying Scotsman looked like Manila that day. It, it was. It was ridiculous i was it, it was a speed like everything won on the lead on the turf that day it was like it was it was a little bit windy and and just like everything that got to the lead went went you know went wire to wire and um i mean ever dangerous chase the whole way there was a horse with chad brown horse that was coming off like a two-year layoff oh it yeah a it favorite. was uh structor yes structor and i i threw him out and i i said yep. on facebook and social media I, said, I wouldn't use this horse on a ticket because he's just never shown he's fast enough and i know he's been off a long long layoff but you're guessing that number one he's going to recover off of a two-year layoff and he's going to be fast enough to win the race which he was not 
but I still couldn't cash because the, it was a uh, um, uh, what's the kid uh, the Calumet <laughs> Farm um, Jack Sisterson. Oh, that horse went to the lead. That horse didn't, it, it wasn't even showing speed, and it went to the lead and just like blitzed the field. Yeah, and he, he went out to California. Yeah. He set the pace in the Kilroy, and, and uh, he was like a rabbit for, but he didn't have an entry mate. <laughs> He was like, yeah, he was like a self-fulfilling <laughs> self prophecy as a rabbit. But. It bothered me a little bit, Chuck, that third horse in that race, Grand Journey, the Mike Maker trained horse, ran back in a starter at Tampa. It was like a starter 16, and he was favored, and he ran a bad fourth. So that, that yeah, that was a little yeah, you know, problematic run. for me. I, I mean, I wanted to kind of land on every day. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, uh, I mean... Seismic Wave is going to take money. That horse is going to take money. Well, first time Chad Brown, you know, Mike Dub, Irad, you know, I mean, people are going to, they're going to bet this horse. This horse is going to take money. I mean, he's got no speed at all. He's, uh, you know, dead, dead one run close. So I if hope you he do <laughs> happen to, you know, catch a pace, this horse can put in a serious run as evidenced in that poker when, you know, he blasted home and, no, 22 and change. Right. Well, let's move on to the seventh because the sixth has got me more confused than ever now. Um, the seventh is a maiden special weight uh, <laughs> going a mile and a 16th for three-year-old fillies. Um, it's the uh, the girls' version of the, uh, the first race. Um, and this race has got virtually no form uh, most of the horses are first-time starters. Um, of the ones that have run, uh, the two charges dropped, uh, ran okay, kind of kind of evenly. Um, that, that's uh, for Debona. Uh, Chris Clement's horse ran the last, you know, way back in Saratoga. Kind of ran an even race. Didn't show, you know, didn't show a lot. Uh, just kind of split the field. Um, Jay, you rode uh, George Weaver's horse and off the off the uh, turf race way back at Saratoga too. Didn't show anything off the turf. Um, Shug's horse, the six, no, no ordinary time, has run on the turf twice. Ran fourth and ran second last time. Um, got beat by Joy of Painting, who, who's in a stake here uh, tomorrow. Uh, the comment is Washy, and this you know he's got Le Peru, which I mean. I'm always a little skeptical of a bet, betting lay Peru and these horses that get too far behind. Um, you have a Michael Matz horse that hasn't really shown much. Uh, and again, you know, we got the Pletcher horse that'll probably be the logical favorite. Got beat at six to five last time by always late. He came back and, and won. Uh, the race before that kind of came from the clouds uh, in a seven and a half furlong race with, with a, a pace that I'm not exactly sure I believe the fractions that day. Um, I think they, they might have been hand-timed, even though they don't say they were. Um, and and then you have Patrick Biancone, who's, who's got a horse from the outside, from post 12, who showed speed uh, last time and, and just didn't last. Uh, got beat by World Tour. Um, but that horse draws post 12. And I don't know what Ortiz is going to do. Uh, this is Jose Ortiz as Irad jumps to the Pletcher horse who he rode last time. Um, Jay, what, what was your feelings on this race? Well, there's a lot going on here, Chuck. 
I mean, uh, I guess if World <laughs> Tour was to win the stake earlier in the card, you have to move up Unshakable You, although, like you said, you know, she is breaking from a very tough post. Uh, I was interested in the nine here, the first year, the American Farrell, $675,000 purchased. American Heiress, who's at a Kirtana, who I know you guys probably remember, and I was, uh, I was you know, a huge Kirtana fan. Uh, we rode her a lot for Tom Proctor. We were third on her in a Breeders' Cup. Uh, you know, she, she won one of the tightest photos I think we were ever involved in. Uh, Tom decided to run her in the Louisville handicap of all races against the boys. And she won by, uh, you know, a, a nostril. I mean, I thought we lost the race. It was like a 10-minute photo, and they put her up. And she was just a really neat mare who actually, you know, loved distance. So I'm kind of excited to see, you know, this full run out of She's had a few foals, and uh, they haven't been great yet. Chad Brown has uh, one colt that looked like he was going to be okay early on. He just never really went on. Uh, I'm kind of familiar with a lot of these horses, either by, you know, type of connection. Cadencia is a filly that we rode first time out. I thought she ran really well that day. She probably should have won. She got beat a scant neck by, uh, you know, Mike Naker had Gambling Cat in there, and he, he ran us down. And you know what, Chuck? I really don't think this filly wants to win. She's been involved in some photos, and she hasn't won, and she's found ways to lose. And I think if she's going to be the favorite, I think this is a good race to get involved in and, you know, sink your teeth into no ordinary time is a filly of five for a shug that's a very bullheaded filly, Chuck. She's, she trains very strong in the morning. She was going in drawings as a two-year-old. I don't know if she's doing that anymore. And she's a very, very tough filly to ride, Chuck. So, you know, she, she can make, you know, her conundrum queen was a filly that George, you know, really wanted to get on the turf. And Jose thought, that she was all turf. So, she, you know, she's probably worth a look. So there's a lot going on here, and I would advise to go for value. Chuck, how in the world did Bobby DeBona get a horse at a criminologist who was trained by Shug? Uh, well, I, I think the people, huh. um, I mean, it's it's owned by a, a, a yeah. breeder and a salesperson. Right. So they probably couldn't get Yeah, old, I just so thought that was fun. He's probably training a horse. And how three. about and how about the rail horse? Chad Brown's horse was bred by Jill Ramsey herself. Yes, my 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 former nemesis, Jill Jill Ramsey, the bookkeeper. bookkeeper. <laughs> nemesis, Boy, huh? she was brutal. She was a she was a brutal. You know, it's funny. Um, I was talking about you know Ramsey the other day on the show about you know because he owed people money and this and that. And of course, we all went through it. But there was a horse named Mary Jane, nothing to lose. Oh man, I used to love that colt. Yeah, he was. I mean, we had this horse, right, Barry, named Nothing to Lose, and Jay, he was by he was a full brother, right? Everything we gained, yeah, who I also loved. And uh, he was by um, um, clever. Was by Cle no, he's out of a clever trick mare, an old mare, I think, too. Yeah. So, anyways, we, we he, he had this horse in the two-year-old training sale in April at OBS. Didn't sell. Um, 
So he sent them to us up in the summertime at, at Churchill. We worked them on the dirt a bunch of times. And everything to gain, his brother, he was okay on the dirt. He was better on the turf, but he could stand up a little bit on the, on the, t- the dirt. His brother couldn't. I mean, I remember his last work on the dirt at Churchill was, was my ex-wife, Paula, rode the, uh, breezed the horse. And I said to her, Paula, breeze him like you're in a race. Try to, try to get him to, to, like, you know, see if you can't, like, wake <laughs> him up because he just wouldn't breeze. I mean, he wouldn't. He went, like, you know, slow. So she breezes him. He goes, like, 105 and 2 on the dirt. Right. So I said, oh, I remember boy. saying, man, we're going to have to bring this horse to Saratoga and work him on the turf a couple of times and hope because you couldn't work two year olds on the turf anywhere else. But Saratoga it was the only place on the Oklahoma training track was the only place in the country. Essentially, you could work two year olds on the turf at a racetrack. We bring him up there. And remember, Jay, Louis Chiari. <laughs> Louis Chiari is a good, good rider. <laughs> Uh, we were going to breeze the horse in company and they only gave you 30 minutes to work and everything in Saratoga is a long ways away. So well, you had um, to go to the Oklahoma. The, yeah. So the workmate he was supposed to work with blows a shoe. So I'm like, shit, no, I didn't want to cancel the work. I really wanted to see if this horse would work on the turf. So I said to Louis, listen, you're not going to have company because, you know, the horse has been slow, 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 slow. So you figure you work him in company, you know, maybe wake him up a little bit. So I said, I tell him, listen, there's a million people going to be working out there. It was right at the beginning of the meet. I said, just go out there and, and pick somebody um, up. <laughs> just, just latch on to, to, uh, to, to some company. And, and, and if they say anything, just say, you know, I'm sorry, I screwed up, right? So he goes down the backside. Rusty Arnold's got two horses breaking off. Right behind him, Elliot Walden's got two breaking off. So there's four in front of him, and he's, he's, he's right behind him. Now, Louis dressed like a tomato that day, right? He's got red pants. He's got a red vest. He's got a red <laughs> helmet. He's got a red shirt, right? So like, you can't miss him. So they're working in Oklahoma. They're going down into the turn. They're going pretty good, right? So they hit the turn. Um, Elliot's horses are moving up on Rusty's horses. We're still like fifth on the inside. So when they come for home, they kind of, you know, if you're at the clocker stand at the old Oklahoma, not the new one, I have a new brand new clocker stand, but the old one, you're generally kind of looking straight out, straight at the horse. You know, like at Pimlico when you see the angle and it sucks because, you know, it's hard to, to, to get any depth because they're like coming right That's at That's the old hilltop, man. Exactly. Well, Oklahoma's got a little dip. They used to have a little dip uh, on, the, on the turn too. So I don't see Louie. He's behind him, right? There's four of them across the track now because Elliot's horses have swung wide. So I'm like, where is he? You know, he's behind these, this wall of horses. And um, one of the horses drifts out a little bit. And here comes, it looked like a, a, a red blur. And he comes rolling through the, between them and just runs off and leaves these four horses. And he, he, he literally... Wins the work by like four lengths, going five eighths of a mile. So the clocker, Freddie Bond, starts yelling my name. Chuck, Chuck, who is that? Chuck, who's that? So we had a golf cart, and I was like, screw you, Freddie. And I got in the golf cart and took off. <laughs> so I had clocked them in like 57 and four, something like you know, crazy. 
So I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe this horse. Like this horse was the worst working horse in, in you know, period. We were going to run it for maiden 10 on the dirt. He, he was that bad. So he comes by later to clocker and, and he pulls up in his car and he's like, you don't have to tell me who it was, but is that one of those European <laughs> horses you got from Dermot Weld? Because we had just gotten a couple horses from Dermot Weld from Europe. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's a two-year-old. He's like, get out of here. I'm saying, oh, that's a two. He goes, you know who you work with? And he listed the horses. And like Rusty's horses, were, one was like just come forth in a stake, like a three-year-old stake. One of Elliot's horses was a stake winner, like a filly that had won a stake at uh, Keeneland or somewhere. So we were like, oh, man. So <laughs> to make a long story short, I called down to the farm and I said, listen, man, we, we need the full papers on this horse. We've been training the horse for two months. We don't have the full papers. And the, and the line kind of went silent. And the farm manager said, um, we don't have them. So I was like, what do you mean you don't have them? Uh, oh, my God. The consigner has them from the OBS sale in April. And I'm like, well, why does he have them? Uh, Mr. Ramsey didn't pay him. <laughs> I was like, well, you better get some money and wire to that guy and get them papers because you got a freak. We didn't start the horse until the last weekend of the meet. And uh, the morning of the race, it was, I think, it, Jay, it was the last race, right? Yeah. It was the, the last ran, race. Like, the it was the last race. Yeah, they ran the Theranac the race before, and we were in the last race. Mark <laughs> Gidry's, and Mark Gidry was having a bad meet. But uh, morning of the race, Mott's got a horse in there, scratches. Bailey's open. Now, Jerry Bailey, when he was riding to, to try to win the title, he would ride a donkey from Charlestown in, a, in, a, in the Travers. He did not care. And he, <laughs> believe me, he would do anything to try to win because he wanted to win that title. He wanted to break Angel's record, you know, consecutive titles. But once he had the title wrapped up, he went back to, you know, uh, by appointment only Jerry Bailey. So the last thing I want to do Oh, yeah, by the way, we stopped working the horse on the turf after that one. <laughs> so we, he went back to dirt works. So the last thing I want to do is put Jerry Bailey on a first-time starter on the uh, closing weekend of Saratoga that has slow works in his 20-to-1 morning line because he's going to look at it and, you know, we're going to get the once over. So I had to beg Mr. Ramsey not to, to, to change riders. So he didn't change riders. I told Gidry, we gave him $200 a win ticket for 200 bucks to put this in your boot. I said, this is the best horse you're going to be on the whole meet. So he said something like, well, I ain't been on very many good ones, so it doesn't have to be real good. But uh, they're going down the backside. <laughs> and, Jay, how far was he? Like three, four lengths behind yeah, the last horse? Like three quarters, man. He was like 16 months back. He was so far back, and I'm kicking myself, thinking, why did I tell him, you know, because I told him, I said, listen, don't get cute. Try to come up the inside. Just circle him, you know. So he taps him on the shoulder, and he goes from, from last to first around the turn. He was going so fast that his momentum carried him out to, like, that seven path. And he just galloped. I mean, he it just won <laughs> so easy. Thirty uh, $30. $30. $30. That was, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was. That was quite a score. He was, he was some horseman. I, I don't think I ever had a horse work like unexpectedly that good. I've had horses work really good. Like strength and honor sometimes would go out there and work in ridiculously fast times, you know, 57 flat or, or half and you know, 45 and four. 
But I never had a horse that I, I just wasn't really expecting anything, do anything like that. It, it was it was just like unbelievable. You know what, Chuck? That horse liked Saratoga because he won the four-star dinged. Yeah, he won that. I think he won like the Whittingham Mile. Bobby Frankel wound up with him. He wound up standing stud in Australia, and I don't think he was very successful at stud, to be honest with you. Anyways, um, speaking of Bobby Frankel, the eighth race is the Ghost Zapper, which is kind of an unusual name to for a stake race for a horse that never actually raced at Gulfstream Park. Um, but it's the Ghost Zapper. It's grade three. It's a mile and an eighth. It's for four and up. Um, it's kind of a, it, it seems like it's a, 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 a repeat of the challenger stakes, uh, from Tampa, Tampa Bay Derby on, on the undercard where, uh, last judgment who drew the rail and is the nine to five morning line favorite, um, under Jose Ortiz went to the lead set moderate fractions at best and, and, and won pretty easy. Um, what do you see happening in this race, Jay? I mean, do you think he's he's just going to go mean, right to the lead no again? Choice but to leave from uh, the keys to the race will be you know, most likely Superfecto, who I mean, two back showed a ton of speed, and then last time, you know, really didn't show any speed. So he holds the keys to the race because if he you know puts some pressure on last judgment. Maybe that'll give someone, you know, opportunity to pick him off late. I mean, like you said, in the Challenger, he got away with murder. And, you know, Warstop, who was in there, I thought he would have showed, you know, much more speed than he did that day. And Louis Saez, who rode him that day, elected to just sit back. And, you know, those tactics didn't work. So, I mean, maybe Irad will get a little more aggressive, from, you know, from an outside post. I don't know. But, uh, you know, this, this is much of a group check. Uh, Barry, our, our, our horse, Eye of the Jedi's back. I like him here. I didn't like him last time. I, I completely tossed him. I, I like him going longer. Um, and I don't like Last Judgment going this distance. So that's where I stand. I, I, I kind of like the two. Um, I oh, thought the five was kind of interesting. I, I, last week, I bet the five. Say who the horse's name is. Okay. I mean, come on, people that are listening are not going to know. On purpose. The five is, the five is King's. <laughs> the Argentina. Oh, player, King Flu. Sorry about that. Turf, yeah. And I couldn't understand why he was racing on the turf last week because the horse had one race on the turf in Argentina. And yeah, but that was the guinea. It didn't do anything. That was, it made a middle move in the race. Um, and then got disqualified. Uh, it's kind of interesting that um, uh, there's uh, the horses. Uh, there's two Argentina horses that Louis Duco trains in the eighth and ninth races, and both horses um, show lines where they got disqualified and placed fifteenth. <laughs> so it's uh, I, I guess the stewards are a little harsher down there. But um, King Slew is making a winning move. He was going to win that race. He had a ton of horse. And it wound up being a DQ. Um, Because what happened was 
it was hard to even, it was like a DQ that they made, but it was almost like they had to make it because this horse got sawed off so badly. But I don't really know that the horse who, who drifted really did that much. I think it was more of a, a case of Miguel Vasquez just putting the horse in a bad position, which he's been doing a lot. Bad spot but again. This horse had a ton of run and just got absolutely sawed off. I mean, the sawed off comment and this one is actually correct. And you go back and watch the race. I mean, it's a miracle the horse didn't go back over the rail. Uh, I really wasn't expecting to see him back this week. Um, and it's kind of interesting that, that uh, you know, Louis Duco owns these horses in, in uh, partnership with uh, with the people that, that owned them down in, in Argentina. So uh, I guess it's probably some sort of deal. But um, He's run with some good horses know. over in Argentina, Chuck. He ran with who's a pretty nice horse. And Pinball Wizard, I think. He won a big race over I've there, nice I mean, he horse. won, like, one of the bigger races they run, I believe. Yeah, I mean, of course. I think the race after that one. Right. It was the race after that, that September I, I, honestly, race. I swear, I almost wish he hadn't well, raced. Maybe that was a prep. In that turf race. It was. It's just, man, he got, he just got, like, cut off so you're going to get a price. I mean, whack, yeah, that, go back and that was no good. I mean, he's got to be a price because there's plenty yeah. of horses. To I hope so. I, I I know the numbers are kind of like shot in the dark numbers, but Thoroughbred did yeah. have a number on him in one of his races in Argentina, and, and they gave him a three, which which puts him in the mix. Probably here. puts him in the winner's circle. If you only knew he could run that back, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a bizarre race, really. It's, it's a it's another race that just is, is uh, you know, kind of a weird. I think race. I, I think I had a jet uh, out. No, just with like Barry said. I mean, if you go back to that Harlan's Holiday where he was second attacked, that effort, you know, and even the second in the Hooper, the you know, performer who has been a little bit disappointing this year. I mean, those two races probably put him in the winner's circle. Yeah, he he was he was uh, he's in good form. I mean, he's turned out to be a real tough, uh, you know, one of those tough, hard knocking Florida horses. The son of Eye of the Leopard. Um, <laughs> just whistle last year, but he he really went off form uh, last <laughs> summer, and his comeback race he he got way behind going a mile. Um, and, and just kind of like, you know, lightly rallied. But, you know, it, on his best, you would have to think that he's good enough to win this race, number three, Just Whistle. Yeah, he's got a shot. I mean, this is, you know, I, I guess I guess the first eight races on the card are just toss-ups, <laughs> literally. Maybe not the seventh, you know, depending on, on the favorite, but it's going to be a tough card. I mean... You know, I, I don't think it's going to chalk out personally, but these are tough races. Like, it, you know, nobody, there's no standouts. Everybody looks the same, which is great. Is what you want to see is a better. No, I, I, that's 100% true. I mean, you got a horse that's a favorite that just got handed the lead last time. And uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not exactly sure what Superfecto is going to do. Um, or, or even what Warstopper is going to do. There'll be different tactics there. But again, you have the old. Uh, you know, is is our rad going to press the pace with Jose riding? Last judgment's picking up some know. weight too, Chuck. 
Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, he's picking up four pounds from from that race, and uh, he's giving way to to everyone in this race. He's only giving two pounds to the Eye of a Jedi, but he's giving six to everyone else. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's a he's a good play against, but um, you know, it's, it's hard to really get your your. Uh, it's hard to really sink you your know, teeth into anyone. Yes, exactly. Uh, the ninth race is a equivalent of a two other than optional 62.5 claimer uh, going a mile on the turf. It, it, it features another one of the uh, the Louis Duco uh, Argentine um, contingent. This one only has three races, but uh, he he broke his maiden first time out. He came back in a grade one and finished second and was disqualified and placed 15th. And he returned back after that, October uh, October 3rd, and finished third by a head in a grade one uh, in Argentina. Uh, I believe uh, three-year-old races. Uh, the thing about this one, though, this horse is only four, so technically he's really three and a half. Um, so he's at a little bit of a disadvantage that way uh, with the, the, you know, being a September Never fall. been on turf. But um, he, he's also first-time Lasix. Yeah, and that was another thing. Like, I, they keep running these horses on the turf, and and you know what? Perhaps Jay, yeah, they just can't find sure. dirt races yeah. going two turns on dirt yeah. because it's hard to find them. But um, this race was kind of, um, you know, it, it was kind of a, a toss up race as well. I mean, I, I didn't really think that. Uh, um, I really wasn't sure who who was going to be the big favorite, uh, unless it's going to be. Uh, Syaf, who beat these stain type last time, uh, drawing way out. Uh, you know, they have him listed in the chart as four or five lengths out it, uh, ahead of the field. It looked like he was about 15 lengths ahead of the field last race. Uh, and he just <laughs> lasted. But um, I, I don't, I, you know, like Barry, what, what kind of, I mean, who do you like in this spot? Oof, I actually, you know, I actually like Hey Dakota. And <clears throat> the horse is pretty consistent. And that's really my my attraction to that horse. Um, off the layoff, Maker's pretty decent. Um, I've seen horses like this in a race like this win. And, you know, I, I think I'm going to get a pretty good price. Sayaf is, some, is, is just kind of a mystery to me even though his last race, it was, it was so strange and I can't, I can't rely on that. Um, but there's some other horses here that, that have run good, but a lot of them are drawn terribly towards the outside. Even, even the horse that I like isn't, isn't really that great. Um, Malibu Mambo was the other one that caught my eye that might sit a great trip here. Um, sat a decent trip against uh, Sayaf last time. Um, hopefully you can, kind of run a little better turn the tables i think that horse just needed to be a little bit closer but i mean syaf just kind of ran off jay what do you think uh, i mean syaf was a horse that actually chad brown had that you know changed hands and he was a stone cold runoff his whole life mm -hmm. uh sprinting Interestingly enough, you know, Todd stretched him out, and like you said, there was no way he was five in front. He was more like 15 in front, and he was able to last. And now he comes right back for the 62-5. It's like, 
you know, he's, he's playing hardball here. I mean, he's going to catch ground that probably will be preferable to his running style. And, uh, and you have to decide whether you think he's going to be able to take these gate to wire again at a you know less than appetizing price. A horse that I wanted to look at that was actually coming out of that race that had some bad class, and I think he needed the race was the eight first premio. And, uh, you know, I think he got what he needed out of that last race, and I think he'll be very competitive here with some type of trip. Yeah, I just think he needed the race. I yeah, bet that I just think he needed race the too. race. And, you know, I mean, he only got the length, and he, yeah. he finished up okay. I mean, there's a lot of horses coming out of that race, and of the ones that are coming out of there, that would be the one that I would prefer. What about uh, what do you guys think about Summer to Remember? Kind of a, a mid, you know. I, I think the four to one fits this horse in this race. Um, I, I just don't understand the logic here of going in this race rather than another spot. Um, but that being said. The horse is keeping excellent company, <laughs> you know, decorated invader, Colonel Liam, Gafo. I mean, and, and he's not embarrassed by any means. So you kind of have to keep him in the mix. He's definitely a, a huge contender, has a huge shot here. I just don't like the price, especially with Sayaf, you know, kind of doing what he does. It, this is another tough, tough race to figure. I mean, I, I really literally have like five horses that I think could win and not be surprised I mean, so, at huge prices. And, and that's not, no one's even, and, and no one's even, and that's not one, counting the one or just two. missed to a side. I mean, time. I remember Chuck, he ran a pretty solid right. race against Colonel Liam, who's probably the, the leader of the turf division right now. I think you'd have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you look at the, he, he raced against decorated emperor, Gufo, field pass, Colonel Liam. So he was keeping really good company. And, uh, I mean, this looks like, uh, you know, like Todd wants to get a start under his belt without having to go up against the, the leaders of the division. And, and because he does have this eligibility, um, gets our, gets Irad. And, uh, I mean, I think the horse is going to be the favorite. I think yeah, four to one that's is what probably I was thinking a too. little bit of wishful thinking. But but it is interesting that he doesn't uh he doesn't try him in a stake and, and he does, you know, go go back to the allowance route. So um all right, the, the Pan Americans race number ten. That's a mile and a half uh for four and up. And <laughs> my nemesis is in here. A horse I've never <laughs> been right on, but who seems to be kind of slowing down finally at, at age eight, and that's number three, Sadler's Joy. Man, I, I I just can never bet that, never, ever bet that horse, ever. And he's always, you know, first or second choice <laughs> a lot of the time. 
I just can't do it. And those three horses on the inside, Cross Border, Temple, Sadler's Joy, they they just seem like they never want to win when it counts. And I, I, I'm against you, them again you, you, uh, on uh, tomorrow. I was kind of torn between uh, Sir Sahib and Moon over Miami. Um, I, I think Sir Sahib is probably sitting on a good race. I just don't want him to be way, way back like he was first off the bench back at, on Pegasus Day. Um, you know, he was up against it that day, you know, uh, race dynamics. I mean, Tide of the Sea kind of just took over, took control, and that was the end of it. Um, and he was way back. I mean, way, way back and just didn't run a step. Came back on the 27th of February and ran a much improved race to, to Phantom Currency, who kind of pulled the tide of the sea on tide of the sea. Um, so this this race kind of fits him a lot better. Third off, you know, on the form cycle, third off the layoff. Um, I'm hoping he, he's around that eight to one. Well, that's a good question, Chuck. I thought the eight might go. The eight might, um, what about the red horse? you know, kind of go. Order? Maybe Tyler's eight in the one. You know, he got yeah. the rail as a short. He's going to have to go from the rail. Short run right to that turn. And, and he has shown speed in there. There just doesn't seem to be a, a, an iota. Of yeah, there's no, there's no speed at all, really, on paper. And I, I think. You know, if, if you're Tyler oh, Gaffleyone and you're drawn on the rail on cross border and, you know, nobody wants to go, I think you have to revert to his tactics like he was showing, you know, last year, you know, in these longer distance races. And uh, I think if you could get anywhere near this three to one morning line, uh, you know, I'm all in on cross border. Uh, I think he's a I think he's a single here. There we go. We got. We got a single. I thought he was. He know, actually ran Pegasus, okay. I thought he was going to run a bad race. Than he yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, he always tries. The horse. And that was he a, did, he did. Yeah, he ran tends good. To give. Yeah, he ran good. A, a rock solid effort. You know, and he's a, he's a New York bred too, which makes him amazing. I mean, Mike Maker just has a way of winning these type of races. He, he seemingly has like. Like fifteen horses, yeah, like yeah, and they just they're like interchangeable parts. Six, seven, <laughs> eight years old. Yeah, right. And, and and every every race that they have of, of this caliber at these long distances, these marathon type distances, he's always got one or two or three. In and them. he wins them a good it's, percentage of the time. Yeah. Full disclosure, though. I was really, I'm still salty about him losing the McKnight back in uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah, spooky channel. Just saying. I mean, wow. still mad about that loss. That's that's a tough beat. <laughs> I feel you, my brother. Yeah, spooky channel was 70 to one or something that day. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're holding. Yeah, you're nah, holding I'm still mad. That, still mad I about am. that. I, I do that with horses. The they call them slaves. The I thought. Probably- I just think cross border is the best horse, and I think cross border is also the uh, the, the controlling speed. Um, the only other horse I, I really would take a shot with uh, is maybe maybe Moon over Miami. Um, his, his last race wasn't bad. There wasn't much pace in that race. The the, the McDermia, um, but he is a four year old uh, turn. You know, three year old turn turn it four. He should be improving, and 
you know, maybe he can jump up. I, I think he'll also be a decent price. I think it'd be a little little higher price than, than five I to hope one, so. but um, and I also think cross border will probably be a little lower price than, than three to one coming off of the uh, third in the, the Pegasus World Cup. Um, all right, now we move to the Jay Cutler, the, the race eleven, named after the great contemporary <laughs> Miami quarterback caught smoking on the sidelines. Um, the greatest. This, the greatest. my friends, is not a a stellar event, but it has a, a really <laughs> fascinating horse. And Jay had mentioned him earlier, um, a horse named Annex, who who gets impossibly far behind in races, and just makes this huge, you know, this huge run to to just like everybody loves watching these type horses that just make these these you know unbelievable finishes. My question is, at a mile at Gulfstream Park against you know, a little bit better than Maiden Company, can you really take him? I think he's going to be six to five or even maybe less. Can you, can, right, can you take I hope him so, at that price with that style? For me. Tough to take on this course, Jay? Chuck. And to boot, his last race, which he just got up, he, you know, he was uh, – in a race that was just a, a complete pace meltdown. I mean, there was only, yeah, there was uh, two horses that opened up like twenty lengths on the field. Yeah, they stayed cool. Kamikaze down the backside. You know, one of them being Irad, which is you know very strange to see. And you know, he, the race just fell in his lap. I mean, I just I don't I don't really want to take him at that low of a price off of a race that. He was really supposed to win, and he did, but, you know, just got up. I just thought there were some other interesting horses in here, and two of them were the number four, a Lucky Law, who's kind of an interesting horse. He's basically bred for the grass, in my opinion, on both sides, and they debuted him in a sprint. I thought he ran really well that day. I don't think he was meant to win, although he did take some money. And he came back in a you know a distance that's I thought would be right up his alley, and he was able to win that day in a field that I thought was okay. And they came back in a Sam Davis for some strange reason. I have no idea why. Maybe Chuck can have some insight. But yeah, Patrick told me why, but I couldn't understand what but, he was he took money in his two first starts, so I'm, you know, I'm sure what you're saying is true. I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I think it might have yeah. been more Yeah, no, with a three-year-old, like, you know, that breaks his maiden. It, yeah, this time it of the year. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a strong group in Tampa, so I, I think that that was more of it. And, and you know, I, I was funny, Jay, because I watched his race, and he really, he kind of, like, Shuffled, uh, 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 he got shuffled around a lot in that. Yeah, race. he didn't he like the dirt. Like running I don't spots. think he liked the dirt. And I said, to myself, he said, "Yeah, exactly." I said to myself, "You know what? When he runs it back on the turf, this horse is is is, is a bet. Yeah. You can just draw a line through that race." And no, I mean, no really not was, at all. it wasn't a not terrible race. I mean, I mean, it was it was not a you know it was a race that probably moved him forward, you know, in his in his career, and now he gets back to his preferred surface and. Maybe you could tell me, like, what's up with these grass courses at Palm Meadows where horses could breeze in 57? And 
122. And I saw earlier a horse worked like three quarters and ten. <laughs> yeah, when they take when when they guys work inside the dogs, yeah, I'm not convinced yeah. that the track is seven furlongs. It's hard. It's a seven furlong turf course, but I'm thinking right. it might yeah, be a little bit less sense. than seven furlongs. But uh, mm. it, it's a pristine part of the turf because they virtually never use it, and. I really think I, I had a horse that that wound up having to win him for like maiden sixteen, <laughs> work one ten there on the turf one time on the inside. So, uh, I, I... well, we came up on the horse oh, that I like well, the most. Who, on the who made that? Yeah, that was race. the other horse that I was gonna say. You know, King I, of I thought, Dreams. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could see it. Looks like potentially he could have lone here. speed here. Looks like lone speed. I mean, the other other showed any kind of run early was the yeah, seven, the, 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 and he's faster than seven. Race just flat out fast. Was like a wild racer. He just ran off, and um, no. it, it just it wasn't a very good field. And he just he just bottomed him out. No. And that's why he was, you know, out by open lights the whole time. No, King of Dreams is another one. I I couldn't fathom why they were running that horse in the Tampa Bay Derby. It didn't make any sense. On the dirt. It was so much better. He did win on a day. I I believe he won on a day where it it was very, very much speed favoring as well on the grass. But uh, he didn't get played at all. It was a decent maiden race. There was a couple. um, As a matter of fact. Look at the two horses that beat him just out of, you know, just for a company's no, sake. No, he's been getting Wayburn know, company, and but Healy. you're right, though. He, he, should have, um, he should have an advantage on, on the, being on the lead because Armio is going to send him to the lead. And everybody knows he wants to be on the front. So I, I wouldn't think that, uh, I, I should say, I would think that he would have the lead yeah, going down the backside. I could see it. He'll be yep. a price. I like Lone Speed. I mean, they got him going wide to wire that, that I would field. think he might be more. I hope he's. I mean, you know, Pletcher is going to get money I'll, on I'll the rail. That. You know, with Irad I hope so. coming off, I'll be just up to ten. Uh, that horse did not impress me at all in that race. Yep. You know, and then uh, you know, Annex is going to take tons of money. I mean, he's the obvious favorite. And there was there's a New York bred in there, Chuck named Step Dancer, who's the eight. And his three races as a two-year-old were all uh, you know, very good, really, outside of the New York Bread Company. I just don't know if he's ready off a layoff, and he probably wants to go a little further at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, I looked at him, and, and um, the one thing that was tough to under, to really get a gauge on him is that the pace in all three races he ran, and I know two of the courses were listed as, as not firm, were just like dawdling slow, Whoa. and he still he he still closed well into him, um, and but the one time in the Pilgrim where, where they tried to to sit a little closer, he, he really didn't. Yeah, uh, I mean, he didn't it was Fire well. Will who beat him who came back and won so, the Breeders' Cup, so that's not a complete disgrace, but you know. No, I mean it's not right. Exactly, he ran <laughs> really well, but it just seems like he is. A yeah, no, I think he's won that. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. It, it seems like everybody in this race that's really good outside of the King of Dreams wants to be um, closing at the end, and, and maybe Lucky Law is going to get the jump on everybody because he does. He probably isn't going to be 
Uh, I'm sit. I'm thinking Gaffley will probably have him on the inside behind King of Dreams, maybe two, three lengths. No, I like those two horses. I, I'm going to use those two horses yeah, I, I, in you know my picks for sure. Um, yeah, the only other horse uh, that, that I thought might show some speed would be Fighting Force, who was. Uh, 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 I think it was a, a trainer change from Todd Fletcher to, to Jeff. Engel. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah, for that Lee Farm. Is a, a all right because that horse has shown speed um, before. He, he he showed speed in Texas. He got in a speed duel um, in Texas, going you know pretty decent fractions. And then last race was in that you know he was sitting third behind that bizarre duel, um, and and he actually looked like he was gonna win the race at one point. But then everybody you know annex and the other. In between, didn't he actually take the lead? I thought he took the lead and and then got passed. And then everybody just swallowed him up late. But uh, I don't, I don't particularly like the trainer change, and um, you know, he he might get caught up. He he might get caught chasing too. So, so it's actually probably one of the more intriguing betting races of the day because you got, you know, you have the favorite, maybe the prohibitive favorite who might be last down the backside. And, you know, at Gulfstream, that's just a hard trip to make. Um, the 12th is the Gulfstream Park Oaks. Um, this is kind of... Um, uh, the Phillies in South Florida, the three-year-old Phillies, uh, this particular season have been extremely weak. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of um, stake, greatest stake wins coming out of these races. Uh, I, I mean, Todd Pletcher is throwing Con Lima, the one horse, back onto the dirt after being hmm. pretty successful on the turf. Um, it just is, I mean, as, as a whole, there's seven horses in here. And like, you know, the Kentucky Oaks, which this is supposed to be a Kentucky Oaks prep type race, uh, though I don't believe there's actually any Kentucky Oaks points. I'm not sure, but um, points, no points. I don't you think just don't is. look at anybody in this field and think, well, yeah, 30, 30 days from now, this horse will be real tough. I mean, it, again, it looks like an A other than outside of Con Lima. Yeah. It looked like they wrote this this race for Con Lima to win. Okay, what do, what do you, what do you <laughs> I think outside race? of you know, like Crazy Beautiful, the three, uh, you know, she's a horse maybe that could go on down the road and you know be okay in this division. But I mean, the rest of them they leave a lot to desire, Chuck. I mean, Millifuel, the six, the Judmont filly who had showed some good form as a two year old in you know New York. She was just dreadful. I mean, people wanted to make excuses, you know, for her trip. I just thought she couldn't keep up. And, I mean, if you want to give her an excuse, fine. But she was just terrible. I mean, I can't, I can't believe how bad she Yeah. Was. She ran a four. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not what they were fire. looking for. You know, yeah, I mean, that, like... that, that's definitely not what they were looking for. I mean, the whole Devona Day <laughs> was just strange. I can do that. I mean, the horse that won was a 1,000 to 1 and had, you know, no figure at all, really. You know? Yeah. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> or yeah. is the head shown any speed suddenly goes to the lead? I mean, just I, I I don't know what to do in this race. The horses outside of the horses field. that ran Nobody into Devona Dale. I mean, <laughs> how do you use any of them? I mean, Cone Lima, you know, she's been running on the grass. She's been running okay. Now she switches to the dirt. Is that her preferred surface? Probably not. You're not going to get any type of value. You know, I, I can't I can't play her. I, I'm just, you know, on a pick three, I'm going to use crazy beautiful. And, and I mean, I guess if you want to throw out Mill Fuel's effort that day, I mean, I, I, when Johnny V goes to the five Lenlo lady over Millifuel, does that make any sense? No, and it's right. It's not like Millfuel's ridden by uh, uh, Alvarado, you know, Mott's, Mott's main guy. It, it was kind of odd to see that, um, especially since it looks like Lannery went to Bow Bow Girl uh, for Romans, who, who just broke her maiden. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I just look at the race and I say to myself, how is oh, yeah. anybody no, but Con Lima going to be on the lead? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you guys there. Probably, I mean, she's going to lead. Right. Who's, that, who's, who's going to Who's going to be the one? Who's going to be the one that steps up and presses? I mean, this looks like a <laughs> this looks like a Walter Case right. Yeah, probably, no yeah. Room, if right? we were on a half mile track, you know. I'd probably be with you. <laughs> Walter Case. Yeah, you yeah. Know, maybe competitive she's stretching speed? out the two turns for the first time. And, you know, I mean, nah. she. she Got like she kind of got left, you know. Got, got in that she was in that that same race in Devon Dale where she was just in, in all kinds of trouble early. I mean, just never got into a decent position, and, and it finished. It looked like she was finishing a little bit, but then she got real, real tired. Her, you know, she was leg weary at the end. But you know, sometimes those horses who chase in those one turn races behind fast fractions, when you get them, and, and maybe she'll sit second and yeah, carry her into the ninth of the half. Yeah. And maybe she could hold for a piece. I mean, I, I just look at the race and, and like, I, I don't, I, I don't want any part of the five, the six. Uh, you know, if the six was fifteen to one, but she's going to be, she's going to be short just because of the connections. Um, Creighton's horse hasn't really done much of anything. Crazy Beautiful will probably be over bet. I mean, she doesn't really have the, the, the kind of the proper style, uh, though she has sat close. Uh, she did sit, uh, you know, closer in the Alcibiades, but there was a dawdling pace that day as well. And Bow Wow Girl, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> sorry, Dale Romans. <laughs> I'm telling you, Dale Romans. He his horses have the most erratic running lines of of, of anybody. Like I, they're just all over the place. Well, he, he enters erratic. It's just crazy when I mean all all of it. You know, it's just they go run <laughs> good, true. then they run good, then they run terrible, then they run unbelievable, then they run terrible, then they run bad, and they're you know. So yeah, that, this was this was like a a really the the Philly the three old Philly division in, in South Florida. I mean, Cohen really Lima is definitely the pace play, and it, it, it's I, I'm I'm always in that camp, but I just don't think she's as good on the dirt. I really don't. <laughs> Crazy beautiful is going to take money. She's going to take money. Yeah, that that that's she's going to be three to five. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. And Mill Fuel will be third choice. She's going to take money, but it's just going to be those two. Everybody else is, is going to be. 
Yeah, no. Yep. Connections but, alone. Yeah, I, I don't see Conley not, not actually, being very, very to... short price here. I might try to go go find the carriage right. and take a nap for that race because, uh, you know, we got the marathon card. and I'm sure you could find a couch in one of those contest rooms. That's where you get to sleep. Like that. Hey, there's 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 guys in that contest room I don't trust to be be uh, sleeping around. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's true. Uh, they the sure as hell don't like me. Number thirteen is the Orchid, <laughs> grade three, hundred thousand. Um, going a mile and three eighths. It's kind of the uh, the Philly division of the Pan American. Um, Jay, well, I mean, the first uh, thing what, what in any of these marathon here? races that you look for is you know where where's the pace going to come from? Who's you know, who's going to be up on the lead? And, you know, that that's probably a good question for, you know, you two guys. Barry, what? what... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would think that Morning Molly might inherit the lead, not really want it. Um, because I don't, I don't think the, the favorite always shopping really wants to lead either. Um, this could go one of many, many ways. I mean, I could even see the five going to the lead. And that would shake things up quite a bit, I think. And that's what I'm kind of counting on. Because I do like the one in Warlike Well, the Goddess. one thing about the five is over in Europe, the horse always got comments, track leaders, track leaders, track leaders, close up. In touch early. Try, it's yeah, not he's really Clement's close. style to have a yeah. horse blast out of there and go to the lead. Um, you know, they're, they're more, they're, they usually want to want to take those well, horses you know, and, I, and find some cover. It is interesting though that that filly, uh, who's owned by Augustine Stable, who I'm sure uh, and James Wigan, who I'm sure owned the, over there, um, she she hasn't run any graded races. So these were all handicap races, which which. Uh, you know, she was, uh, you know, she won her, she's won three in a row and, and she did, uh, you know, finish second and, and third before that. So, I mean, she's never really run a bad race. It's just interesting that they never tried a graded stake with her. And in her last race, she actually ran on the poly track uh, in Lingfield. So um, it's, it's just, it's hard for me to, to understand why they didn't take a shot because, you know, those type of people, uh, that breed these type of horses, um, you know, every graded stakes is everything. And, and obviously this is a grade three here, but that to me is, is you know, just cast a little bit of suspicion on, on her um, as she really never, you know, stepped up and, and, and took on the good horses over there. B team likes to win over here, though. Those second tier horses do win here, but this is, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a strange situation. You know, you'd like to have more to grab on with, um, you know, grab on to with the, I mean, five, she always so, had the so top rider. Wrong. I mean, she had William Buick, Ryan Moore, uh, Mur Mur Murphy, the coking, the coke guy. Osin. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, <laughs> she wasn't a well thought horse, <laughs> but you look and she's running in 9,000, 9,100, 9,500, 38,000, 49,000. So these are not really highly rated races. And, and her last time form, uh, her last two time forms, the 99 and 105, were good. I mean, really good. They're, they're, they're improving. And 
again, she's a three-year-old filly that just turned four. So, um, you know, she's a March foal, so she probably just turned four. And, you know, she's going to have to take on some, some older horses in here uh, and, and not get any weight, which is kind of, you know, crazy. But, um, I, you know, I, I just – it really is strange for the, those kind of connections to not have – have tried that Philly in, in a No, I think might be forward in here point. and is so, worth a look uh, at a price is the eight Bell Laura who's stretching out in distance and she has been you know forwardly placed in a few of her races at shorter distances, so that would lead me to believe that Edgar Zayas would get somewhat aggressive early and try to get some type of position. And in her last race, you know, going the mile and three sixteenths in the very one. Uh, Antoinette, who was returning off a layoff, nice filly of Godolphins and Billy Mott, was able to dictate things. And, you know, Bell Laura kind of just coasted in behind her in second. And I think that was a race that, you know, really moved her forward in her career. And I think she's going to run well today. You know, whether she's good enough to beat a filly like Always Shopping, who's, you know, pretty much been the dominant mare in this division since she's, you know, been going the trip and she'll, you know, definitely be the favorite in here. But I guess you just got to make up your mind here, whether you just think always shopping is just too tough to beat or, you know, whether she's beatable, that's pretty much where you got to, you know, start with the race and go through her. I mean, you agree that, that you got to try to beat always shopping in this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, I, I'm just not yes, sold on her. Definitely have to beat she's her. She's got, spot. she's done nothing wrong, and she's got no <laughs> knocks. But there's just, I mean, she gets her own trip and she makes her own luck, and that's kind of what you need in these races with these softer paces and these, fir- you know, firmer turf courses. But she just doesn't blow you away, Chuck. You know, and and she just hasn't really faced top notch company you know, going these longer trips and not that this is the greatest field of all time. No, but I, I see what you mean. And, and it's not like she's been the, the, the wins that she has, she's been beating up on, on the top of the class. I mean, she's kind of a B level horse. I mean, this is, this is a, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollar grade three. It's not a grade one. And, and um, you know, like, he spotted her around, you know, pretty, pretty um, effectively. Obviously, she's eight for 14, first and second. But you don't see a lot of grade ones. You know, you see the Dowagers, a grade three, the Via Borghese's a listed stakes. Last time out in the La Praviante was a grade three, which, you know, most races down here make sense for her. Um, but but even, even in the fall. Yeah, she was you know, an absolute standout in that last row. Uh, the race before that, he, he ran her um, in the, the summer colony. Um, so it's, it's you know, he, he, she raced uh, last summer. Well, what's in really the, interesting uh, is she started off as a dirt a horse. You know, she was race. a grade two winner in the Gazelle as a three-year-old. Kind of lost her way on that surface and backdoored and, and just and just backdoored in, you know, into this turf, you know, route. Yeah, there. didn't have and a win really for a year. Yeah, no. It has. No, I mean it the has, reason why eight the, to five is, it, is, she to me it's eight to five race that that it seems like it, you know she's going to get a little bit of a tough trip because um, 
and I think they start, I think they race on a different turf course than they do the, the mile and a half race. I think this is the, in, the inner turf and the other one's the outer or, or vice versa. Because that, I, they it, it's amazing that people haven't that, complained man. about that. I mean, honestly, that is one of the most amazing uh, of all things the things not to complain about. about that Gulfstream <laughs> doesn't, doesn't um, mark in the PPs if it's on their, their, the inside turf or the outside turf. But uh, there's not much of a run. I think there's a little more run than it looks like there is on the on on the in the form on on the uh, uh, the little picture there. I don't think they start right on the turn, but but the outside horses are, are at a disadvantage. I mean, and it is a three turn race as well. So so yeah, I mean, uh, always shopping to me is is a horse that you got to play against. Though it wouldn't be shocking, like you said, if, if she did win, but she can win without me. All right, um, that brings us to the uh, huh. the Curlin Florida Derby. Um, it's a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars race for three year olds, uh, hundred Derby points, which are uh, you know essentially makes the, the the winner in the second place horse will be guaranteed to be in the Derby, and then uh, if you were third in here and you had some points, you probably would get in as well. Um, I mean, obviously the, uh, the horse to beat is his greatest honor. He's been super since he came down to Florida. He's three for three. Uh, he doesn't exactly have the, the style that that's best suited for this, this racetrack, but it hasn't bothered him. Uh, he's gotten better. His numbers have gotten better. I know his buyers are still a little bit lower than you want to see. I know that his his, uh, his sheet numbers are are better than his buyer numbers. Um, you know, this race is a mile and much a better eight, actually, <laughs> which gives him a little bit more of a stretch. He's been winning these races at mile and sixteenth on uh, on on the short stretch, so that hasn't really uh, affected him that much. Uh, last race, he he really looked like he was further behind and, and, and kind of sluggish even going into the turn and he literally like just turned the jets on and and just blew by the field um the last like three sixteenths of a mile and, and wound up winning like you know under wraps but uh I mean he, he surely gave everyone um you know some some concern on the turn where, where he just didn't look like he was going anywhere and uh uh, I mean, Jay, what, what did you make of his last camp race? as you? I, I thought, you know, at the three eighths pole, he was off the board and drained the clock, was, you know, home Jerome. And then all of a sudden, he was wheeled to the outside and just picked up the horses, you know, so easily, which he has done in, you know, all three of his starts <clears throat> over the Goldstream Park strip. And, uh, you know, he's a cult that uh, showed talent right out of the gate, you know, with his pedigree. He definitely was, you know, looking for this distance all along. Uh, he he was interestingly uh, defeated at this distance at Aqueduct by known agenda. And if you dissect both Colts and take them apart, it just appears that, you know, greatest honor since that race has gone, you know, so far forward. And I think known agenda 
if anything, I mean, he's just kind of leveled off. I know he's coming off a big uh, 11 length win in a prep race over the track where, you know, he was given blinkers, which, you know, probably helped his cause, but, you know, he's just a horse that I'm going to play against in everything here. You know, every type of exotic that you could use, because I just think that he's going to get a lot of money. And, you know, that was a race truck where he beat a very, very weak field. And, you know, I look at company lines. I know he destroyed the field and won for fun, but uh, he's a horse that I'm dead against in this race. He was he was also first yeah. time Lasix in that race. You know, it was interesting, like you said, Big, he, he outgamed. Yeah, I wouldn't even say he outgamed himself that, that day, Chuck. I would say, over. in my opinion, Greatest Honor beat himself that race because Greatest Honor at that stage of his career was a very green colt. Very, I mean, he was very immature. And he's very, right. he's like a gangly cult. I, you know, I was around him some and I got to see him train and he kind of was real leggy and, you know, he hadn't grown into himself yet and he hadn't really uh, realized his potential yet. So to me that day, and I even said after known agenda beat greatest honor that day, he'll never beat this horse again. Yeah. You know, known agenda, after that race, which, you know, was on a, a ludicrously slow track. I mean, but that caliber of horse to go, 117, a mile and 140. It was actually and fast. Mile and eight, <laughs> 155 and four. Yeah, that, that, that is just, you know, like nuts. But he came out of that race a month later, ran into Remsen in the slop, and it was very dull. He, he, he stayed on the inside. He never really had any. Um, he had, he never had any punch in that race. Brooklyn strong, uh, wound up upsetting that field. Uh, and then he came back and Pletcher gave him a month, brought him back 60 days later into Sam Davis, where he went off three to two favorite. And he was like super sluggish early in that race. Like he just did not get into it at all. And I mean, John Velasquez was, was smacking him with his stick down the backside and he, and he looked like he was huh. just not interested in running at all. And, and then he finally kicked in like Wasn't. the last, you know, 100 yards. He, he finally, yeah, he started picking up horses. And, oh, he flew he home. I was, I was and, standing at the rail. And then Pletcher wheeled him back in 20 days, which is not something that, that he usually does. I mean, he just doesn't he, – he just has his, his patterns of, of racing, and, and that's just usually not something that, um, that he does. But I, I guess at that point, after that race – you know, it was kind of like, we got to do something different. And he did put the blinkers. He added Lasix. Uh, you know, obviously, he, like you said, he, he beat an overmatch field. Uh, I read Punch Paco after yeah. the race, which probably overshadowed, probably overshadowed the race. Oh, yeah, that's um, the greatest. The, the, the thing about him, though, is that he's going to get the jump on Greatest Honor. And there's not a lot of speed in this race. When you go through this field... The only real horse that you can think would be a confirmed front runner would be Collaborate. And there's a horse with got, you know, two lifetime starts, one of which he was way behind in. But, you know, he broke real sharp last time, was sent to the lead, broke his maiden impressively, won, uh, you know, pretty easily. They got the whole world uh, was, was touting him 
before and after the race. And he should be able to get to the lead here um, with unless someone absolutely changes their style, uh, which it just doesn't you know, it just doesn't appear like there's going to be a whole lot of early pace. But, you know, my thought would be that uh, he'll be on the lead and soup and sandwich and known agenda and probably Nova rags won't be too far behind. And if he tries to slow it up too much, I, I think those guys are going to jump on him, especially knowing that he's a, you know, a, a very, very lightly raced horse that just has that one, one, you know, one turn win. And um, I'm just wondering if greatest honor gives this field too much to do again behind a slower pace. Um, you know, if, if he just might get himself in trouble. That's how I see it. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, him kind of messing around early is going to hurt him eventually. <laughs> and I think it's going to be tomorrow. Um, I, I think you know where I'm going with this. And it, it's it's Spielberg. I hate Spielberg. I know, I know Chuck doesn't like the horse. It's the, it's He's the, the B team. But... You know, we've talked about we talked about this before, where those horses that needed to get away from Santa Anita, and this is one of them. He ran a bang up race, I thought, against the champ, who in my mind is probably the 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 favorite for the Derby is, is Essential Quality. Now he's getting away from that horse, going to get a dry track. And I think what you were saying about changing styles, I think he's going to go to the front or he's, he's going to, he's going to put all the pressure collaborate. He, he did have, you know, you once, know, you make a he'll point get, and he did show early speed in most of his early races. In his last race, he just, uh, the comment was unprepared start. Um, you know, is is Robert Lewis to me was, you know, pretty dreadful. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I get what you're saying, but to me, if he does that, then he winds up being the sacrificial lamb, maybe. I don't see him pressing, taking the nah. lead, and holding off greatest honor. Because uh, this is the, my other thought is that, he, you know, he might wind up three or four wide down the backside, too. It's possible, yeah. I mean, he certainly could get hung out. I mean, uh, no, no. Super speed in his first race, slow by race, any means. I mean, it's hard to. Well, it was a training race, basically. That's what it was. From they took you know, him off the base, like it, it, it was, and he beat a twenty-five <laughs> claimer, and Lord knows what the third horse was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you really can't take anything from that race the figure that i will say it was impressive because like jay said although he was able to get up the inside there uh you know they made it even easier for him than it had to be but uh he did turn on the jets but you know he was he was going by uh, you know nothing (laughs) yeah you can't really figure out what he actually is and I, and I know people are conceding the leads that can collaborate, but like Barry said, I, I think some of these guys might might 
know, maybe they'll let him clear. They won't get in a speed duel with him. But I think uh, he wouldn't think. I mean, I, I don't think you know, he didn't break that well first half. time. Maybe he breaks um, his slept slow again, and you know, he's he's in trouble. Collaborate. You know, he's he's hung out. I was surprised. I, honestly, if Collaborate wins, I lose. There's no possible way. I was surprised looking at Thorograph's how yeah, slow. Yeah, me too. You know what, Chuck? I think really there are going to be some really like nice slow. three-year-olds out of this yes. crop uh, at distances of a mile or less, and maybe he's that type. You know, I just don't really see him as a two-turn horse, although, you know, his Davis was okay, but uh, they finished the last quarter of a mile, you know, pretty slowly there, and you know, we know what happened with some of the also rands in there, although I guess Hidden Stash ran okay in the Tampa Bay Derby. But uh, as a whole, you know, the Sam Davis wasn't really viewed, you know, as an electrifying race by any means. But, uh, I, you know, I just I think that he does have some ability, but I think you're going to see his ability at like seven eights and, uh, you know, the King's Bishop, something like that. Right. Yeah, you know, like you, you're you're so right about that because there seems to be a lot of really fast um, horses that prefer one one turn in this group. I mean, the, the, to me, it's and Barry and I have talked about this a lot um, on the Big Monday show that it seems like it's a uh, it's a division that that's 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 there's four or five really good horses. There's two or three four horses that are kind of on the cusp, and everybody else just seems like they're just not you know, not that good. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a thin division, but, uh, we only got about a minute to go. Um, so, so Jay, you're, you're, uh, I mean, if they want to contend with some of the top Colts in this division, Chuck, he's got to win this race. Barry. And you're of course taking a shot against, right? Absolutely, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg all day. Well, guys, <laughs> I appreciate you taking time out of your busy Friday night schedule to join us. And, uh, all right, sounds good. You guys have a good day at the race. I don't know if Barry's <laughs> going, but I'm sure Chuck and – oh, awesome, awesome. Let's do it. All right, great. All right, get some video now, okay? We'll all be right. there. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm expecting that. All right. <laughs> of course. All right. <laughs> hey everyone, I want to talk to you about BRL Equine. BRL Equine is a company that would be considered by most the premier equine supplement company in horse racing. They spent a lot of money, millions, on, on research and development before they put these products out. This is not a fly-by-night organization just tossing some couple things together and, and throwing it out there. The, they use FDA-supervised facilities. What they say is in the products is actually in the products. Nothing illegal, nothing illicit. It's perfectly legal, and it's beneficial for your horse's health. They have a new product called Flexify that's been only uh, out on the market for, I think, about six weeks, and the early returns are great. I know a lot of trainers that have given me feedback, and these are guys that are going to tell me the truth. Um, there's a million supplements out there, a lot of things that people have tried. 
that haven't really been effective. And so far, everyone seems to really believe that Flexify HA is, is, a, is a really excellent uh, supplement to help the horse's joints. Contact my friend Joe Vellante at 215-501-6880 or get a hold of me at goingincirclespodcast at gmail.com and I will get Joe in touch with you. And uh, if you're lucky, you might even get him for a lunch. But BRL Equine is a really good company and they have some really, really good supplements. And if you're an owner, ask your trainer. If you're a trainer, give Joe a call. Thanks.